0: Picture this, I'm a bag of dicks, put me to your lips, I am sick, I will punch a baby bear in his shit, give me lip, I'ma send you to the yard, get a stick, make a switch, I can end the conversation real quick. I am crack, I ain't lying, kick a lion in this crack, I'm the shit, I will fall off in your crib, take a shit, pitch your mama on that booty, get your dog, fuck your bitch, that boy dressed up like you sound on A2 pitch.
1: I love that song. Welcome to another episode of Twisted. We're trying this again. Thanks for tuning in. It's September 9th. Super excited. going to do a quick little thing. I don't have a lot of time to do a long one, so I'm going to do about 30 minutes. Get in, pow, get out, bang. Happy uh, birthday to my mother. It is now. She, It's her birthday day, September 9th, so happy birthday. I love you very much, Mom, and uh, thank you for bringing in, me into this world. And thanks for letting my dad put it. Okay, I'm not going to go there. But the point is this. Happy birthday to my mother. And a happy football day, everybody. It is officially the 2016 football season started. Uh, Oakland Raiders going to win it all. Put some money on it. They're going deep, deep, deep. I'm stoked. Don't doubt about it. I'm going to win both my bets with Ari Shafir and Jason Tebow. He'll be dressing like a cross-dresser on Santa Monica Boulevard. And Ari will get his butthole bleached. So, very excited about that. Uh, I I love football. I love everything about football. NBA is my favorite. It goes NBA, UFC, and NFL the same. But it's so weird when you meet people who like aren't into football. Like I'm supposed to go write with some people, or some good friends of mine. I love them to death. I love them to death. But it's just like, what do you, what do you mean? You don't like football? What do you, what do you, what are you talking about? Yeah, they're like, oh, we're supposed to have a meeting and we're gonna have a writing meeting during a football game. Like, what is wrong with you? It's opening day. It's the opening game of the season. We're gonna have a writing meeting. We gotta watch football. We have to watch athletic dudes beat the shit out of each other. And, we, and we're and we all sober, so nobody's drinking. But the point is, we just need to watch football and get weird and enjoy it. But you don't got to pay them bills, dude. Got to pay them bills. So I hope your team does really well this year. And I hope your team loses to the Raiders in the Super Bowl. So I think it's going to be Raiders versus... Carolina, Raiders versus Carolina in the in the Super Bowl, you heard it here, you heard it here first, Raiders versus Carolina in the Super Bowl, bam, shut your face, we're going to beat the Patriots, we're going to beat everybody else, I'm not even worried about it, I'm excited, so uh, what do I want to talk about today, real quick, I'll be back on the International Bad Boys Hour next Monday, uh, should be a good show, I had to take a break But I'm back. Holla at your boy. Okay, I'm back. We'll do it. Listen, T-shirts are available, man. International Bad Boys T-shirts, they're really nice. Go check them out. Uh, You can buy them at theinternationalbadboyshour.com. I'm telling you, the T-shirts are nice. You should get one. They're gorgeous. They look good. And my new album, The Diabolical, should be out soon. And you'll be able to get T-shirts for that, too. So check that out. Thank you, everybody, for doing Patreon and dedicating yourself to Punch Drunk and helping us out. It means a lot to me. You guys are the shit. Okay. Ah, uh, football, football, football. Yeah. football starting. Killing it in fantasy football. I mean, just destroying people. It's unbelievable. I'm playing chess. They're playing checkers. My team is deep. I'm going to wreck every... I'll be, I'll, I'll be really surprised if I don't win every league It's really amazing. I'll make it to the finals in one of the leagues because I always do. I always do. But I'm going to blow. I'm in this fantasy league in upstate New York with some good friends. They're very nice people. But, I mean, dude, it is just a wolf in the chicken hen house. You know, I just, just destroying people. I mean, my whole team is murders row. It's almost like I just drafted against myself. It was awesome. So then we did the comedy store draft yesterday, and um, Mervis couldn't make it because he's booking. You know, if you don't know Mervis, is he plays one of the Vikings in the Capital One commercials, and uh, he he booked something because he looks like a Viking. He's a giant teddy bear. Just think of every fat guy at Burning Man that is basically um, Mervis. So he could make. So we had Josh Martin uh, draft for him, and as you know, you might know Josh Martin from. His uh losing a bet to me two years ago and in Ari Shafir's storytelling show, he had to wash his face with our jizz sock. So and he like he's drafting he's talking shit to me. It's like you can't talk shit after you just wash your face. I don't care if it was two years ago, five years ago, ten years ago, you just wash your face with my jizz sock. You, you can't talk shit after that. You can't. It's like Conor McGregor couldn't talk shit. The Diaz, after he choked him out, he can't really talk shit. You got my jizz activated in a glass of water, and it was so—I mean, we put the we put the rag in the water, and you just saw it become milky white. And he took it and he wiped his face with. He paid off the bet. I know I'm gonna get shit. At least he pays his bet off. I paid my bet off too. I pay my bets off too. But you can't talk shit to me. You can't talk shit if you got jizz on your face. So, uh, Josh Martin, fuck you. Go see him with Joe Rogan. He's opening. He's playing Cleveland, so uh, I do love him. Even though he's got a horrible haircut. And he wiped his face with my jizz rag. Besides that, great guy. Uh, what else is going on? So, last night, I, I just want to tell you kind of my life as a stand-up comic. Um, for a very long time, I, I started comedy... In Las Vegas in the early 90s, and there was the comedy clubs, unlike now, wouldn't let locals play the comedy clubs. So I had to find my own way of uh, my own stage time. So, what I would do is I would go to bars and I would hit up these bars, ask them to give me their worst night, and I'd start a comedy show there, which is very funny because that's all I do now in my life my career all my gigs are self-made i just make my own gigs and i just enjoy doing that i don't know why i'm just weird like that i really am the boba fett of stand-up comedy i'm such a lone assassin i'm a hired gun apparently you can get me 50 cents on the fucking dollar but i do i go into horrible situations and i just wreck shop and i deal with a lot of of hecklers like I talked last week. So here's our new story in heckling. Uh, last night, a friend of mine named Eric asked me to do his show in the Valley. Now, if you're not from Los Angeles, you don't really know what the Valley is. You hear about it maybe in movies, but you've never been there, you don't know. The Valley is basically when you go over Highland, okay? You go, there's a street called Highland, the, the famous intersection. There's two famous intersections in on Hollywood Boulevard, and that is Uh, Highland and Hollywood and Hollywood and Vine. Those are the two famous ones. They're the two big intersections. And I live right down from Hollywood and Highland. I live like a couple blocks away. That area is where they have the Oscars. And by my house is where all the limo drivers park. So on the day of the Oscars, it's literally like 300, 400 limo drivers and their limos hanging out near my house. So if you want to go to the Valley, for the most part... You take Highland up onto the 101. You go over the hill. Now, going over the hill, once you go over the hill, you are now in the valley. It is Burbank. It is Studio City. It is uh, Chatsworth. That's where they shoot all the porn for you guys who care about porn, um, which I know a lot of you do. I'm not the only one carrying that industry. Stop. Stop acting like you don't care. You care. We need to care. You, I, there's, some, okay. there's some prop right now going on, on a side note, about these these condom Nazis uh, thinking they're saving people's lives by making everybody in porn wear condoms. It's not happening. That's not where the, anybody's getting the AIDS. The people are getting the AIDS from shooting heroin and having unprotected sex in the butts, doing butt shit. You know, wear a condom and don't shoot heroin and you should be fine. That's just my opinion. Maybe I'm wrong. God, God knows I could be wrong. Who knows? All right? Who knows? But the point is, enough with these votings on condom loss. You're just sending it underground. That's all you're doing is you're sending the porn industry underground, and it's just going to get weirder and weirder and weirder. So that was my political statement for the day. No, I'm going to get a little more politics in a few bu- So you go in the valley. You go into the valley. And here's the thing about the valley in Los Angeles. The valley, it is always 1995. Ah fuck i fucked that up no it's always 1975 it's always 1975 it always looks like 197. i mean go to any movie made in the 70s and about los angeles and you will see that is the vibe the vibe is browns everything's brown i don't know what happened in the 70s but brown was really in and it's uncomfortable look at i mean just a whole city of br- the whole valley everything is brown everything is dirty it's 1975 that's what it is it's really 1975 and i go to this bar called the scene and you go deep into the valley the like burbank in the valley that's more like small town and big towns it's like yeah it's los angeles but it's it's got small town vibe it's like imagine a small town, but with a lot of traffic. That's kind of what it is. And there's all these little bars. And I went to this bar called the Scene, okay? And the reason I'm bringing this up because I got heckled at the Scene. It, it turned into a murder scene, but it, a crime scene, a murder scene. But it was the Scene. So I I go do this gig. And the reason I bring this up is because there was just, just this thing about Amy Schumer put sh- shutting down a heckler. Uh, who's yelled, uh, apparently, like, show me your tits. And she shut him down. I don't know the exact heckle. Um, And everybody's talking about how brave she is. And listen, I I understand that it's it's not easy as a woman hearing somebody say, show me your tits. It's very uh, disrespectful. It's very misogynistic. Um, But it's like, that's the game, man. That is the game. That is the game. That is the battle between comic and heckler. Whatever your thing is, that's what they're going to make fun of you about. I mean, look at Ralphie May When he gets heckled, well, they yell, fat fuck, right? Like, he doesn't go on, oh, fat shaming, but it's, that's what it is. You know? She, got, she said, show me your tits. And suddenly it's a big national story. I wish someone would yell, only show me your tits. I wish that would happen to me. I wish. If the worst thing that happens to me on stage is someone yells, show me your tits, I had a good night. Because it doesn't always happen like that. I've had people come up on stage and swing on me. I've had people throw bottles at me. I had a 70-year-old man come up on stage wanting to fight me, and guess what? The bouncers weren't there. You know who to throw them out? Eleanor Kerrigan. The, the female comic on the show grabbed them and threw them out. What the fuck? Does Amy Schumer have to worry about violence? I've had chairs thrown at me. I've had bottles thrown at me. I've had people come and swing at me after the show. I've had people try to choke me out. And it's not me. I'm just, dude, I, I, I no, it's not me. So I'm doing this show in the valley at a place called The Scene, And I walk in and my friend Eric's running in. He's a very nice guy and I think he's very funny. He asked me to do a show. I have to run to do another gig, so I go, can I go right up? He goes, yeah, you can go right up. So I go up, and I do stand up, and right out of the gate, these two dudes jump, just start verbally jumping me. And I look out, and they're literally like tiny little Mexicans who are Green Bay Packer fans, which is a weird blend. Green Bay Packer Mexican football fans? That's weird. And they have, their, they have their girlfriend who's bigger than both of them who's a nice person. She's not that big, but compared to them, she's huge. And it looks like, like I, I had the feeling of like every Denny's waitress who has to uh, deal with a mom who can't control her kids. So I have these two little Mexican guys nonstop verbally attacking me while their mom just sits there like, oh, aren't they the most adorable people in the world? No, man, they're ruining the show. Can you just quiet? Can I try? Let me work my well-crafted dick jokes. Okay? I am the Carl Sagan of dick jokes. Please let me work them. Have your kids shut up. For the love of God. Please. Let me do my act. And I just... I mean, dude. But here's the thing. Like I've said before. I'm dead on the inside. So you're going to come at me. You're going to say things that pop in your head. And what you are saying is open micer shit. Okay? You're... As a heckler, just to let me know what you're doing. You heckling a comedian is like a person who just touched a basketball for the first time trying to take on an NBA player. Now, I'm not gonna say Michael Jordan because not every comic is the Michael Jordan of comics. There's some uh, people who are bench warmers, and there's some people who play in fucking Europe, right? So you're you're taking on a professional basketball player. And I don't know if you've ever watched ever played basketball with a guy who is like a fringe NBA player or a fringe pro player and he comes and he plays, we were kind of talking about this on how Punch Drunk the other day, Joe Kilgon was talking about that, how like these guys who like can't even make the league come and they play against regular guys and they fucking light people up, that's what it is with a heckler, you're a open miker, you're a first time open miker, you don't know what you're talking about. And you're going up, and in my my instance, a dead on the inside Sith Lord. I grew up just, you know, people are like, oh, you're so fucking cocky. you got to understand what I had to do in my career. I had to follow Eddie Griffin, Andrew Dice Clay, Joe Rogan, Brian Holtzman, night in, night out for my first 10 years at the Comedy Store. Every night, I had to follow one of those guys, and I had to sit in the pocket and learn how to get blood from a stone and survive. And I got verbally attacked, and I just sat in the moment. See, I have been dealing with hecklers since I was a kid. So, me and my friends growing up, we we didn't we stopped fighting it like in eighth grade. I mean, we I had fights here and there, but really, like between friends, there was no fight. It became verbal like destruction. Like you would verbally destroy somebody. And this is the truth. So we would go to this place called Pontillas Pizza. And whoever got the bad seat in the corner of the booth would just get lit up by everybody. I mean, lit the fuck up. And any insecurities you had in your life and anything you did, like if you just did that, you like, you just, you, you had your, your hand, your, you laid your, your head on your fist, kind of just daydreaming they would just pound on you for that and anything you did to change it that would become a new thing they would just pound you so i got used to verbally getting attacked since like literally the 7th grade i mean i was getting verbally beat up so i remember like when i got my first heckler i got my first heckler was in vegas and i just bombed earlier at the unlv i got asked to do this this comedy show and I remember I bombed. I just bombed. It was like a, it was like a lunch show. Dude, like, standing for college kids at lunch. And I was a college kid at the time. And I bombed. And I remember bombing so bad. And I was so upset. And I was like, man, I got to get back on stage, dude. I got to get back on stage. And, and, and I got to redeem myself. You know, comedy is all about redemption, dog. It's all about redemption. You have a bad set. All you want is redemption. That's all you want. Give me that Redemption. So I go and I do, and there's a bar called uh, Play It Again Sam's. So I go to do Play It Again Sam's. and I do stand-up, and this auto macaque who had the worst teeth in the world, like he must have been getting that early meth, that bathtub meth, that was like, it wasn't like fine-tuned now, like coming out of Mexico, built in, I mean, we're talking like hillbillies, desert hillbillies, cooking meth in a bathtub and smoking it right there. Teeth Jack and he heckles me and I just go into murder mode and for the first time in my life I destroy this heckler and it was the coolest thing I ever did and I was just like "Oh!" and I realized I had skill at that moment so and I, it takes me time and through the comedy store I've honed it so I'm in I'm in the zone and I have no problem with saying that I, I'm a Sith Lord when it comes to heckle kills Because I've been doing it so long, and I I would tell you, I've only lost one heckle battle, and it wasn't me, it was me full of a room full of Australians in Australia. And when sometimes you just gotta learn, you know, when it's your time to just chill, you chill. So I, I, I conceded the match and took the L. So I'm like literally like 3001. So I go, to this, uh, I go to this scene, and these guys start hitting me, and it's like two Mexican Green Bay Packer fans, which is really weird and very uncomfortable. And I proceed to just destroy them. And every time they talk, I hit them, and the room is going crazy, but I'm kind of over it because I, I, like, I didn't want to drive to the valley to get heckled and kill hecklers. I, I got a bunch of new jokes I'm really proud of that I really want to talk about. And I wanted to work them there. Because you can't work at the comedy store anymore in terms of new material as much. Because the comedy store is, it's just murder's row. That's all it is. It's just murder's row. You've got to, you've got to kill when you're there. So you can't work on the material as much. I even heard Chris D'Elia saying that. It's like, dude, I can't work on new shit here. The lineups are too good. And if that dude's saying it, then what hope does any one of us have? So... I go to this bar and I start murdering these guys and I do my 10 minutes and I get off stage and everybody comes out to thank me. Well, this little tiny Mexican dude, like I'm talking like 5'3", comes out and he's got fire in his eyes. He's like, hey, man, no, I just want to talk to you. And I've been there before, dude. I've had people come and slap me after shows or swing on me, punch me, and I know that. So I go right into karate mode, which is what I, I karate mode, and uh, I take a step back and he um, and my friend Mark Fry just fucking clotheslines this dude. He's like, "What the fuck, man?" And he's like, "Nah, dude, we don't need to talk." He goes back inside. He pulls out the other Green Bay Packer Mexican fan, and this guy's like, "Why am I out here? I have no problems with you." Hey, dude, I want to talk to you. And uh, his buddy, who's with. The woman I said was his mom, who wasn't big at all. She just was huge next to these two little guys. Uh, he comes over. He stops them. Everyone stops him. So I just walk off. And it turns out the guy wanted to talk to me about how to get into comedy. And it's always that. I always say this all the time. The people who heckle heckle for different reasons. Got, women heckle because they're sexually attracted to you. Or they want to be the center of attention. They're pissed. You're the center of attention. I, I've seen it happen a thousand times. Guys heckle for a couple reasons. One, uh, they want to be comics. They want to do stand-up and they don't have the balls to do it. Or they're the funny guy in the group and they're pissed somebody else is getting laughs. Or um, the other one is um, uh, they're pissed that you're making their girlfriend laugh more than they are. And that just pisses them off. So the whole point of this thing is like, yes, I respect that... That a female comic has to go through certain things. Like being told, uh, you know, hey, show me your tits. Uh, You know, I bet you got a great ass. Which sucks. But just know, I get physically threatened. I've had people swing on me, punch me, throw stuff at me. So it's like, it's not easy on everybody. The point of this whole thing is like, stand up can be a motherfucker. Alright? There you go. That was it. God, that went way longer than I thought it was going to go. God damn it. All right. So, I think I'm going to just uh, All right. That was That was it. I think I'm going to do that. I think I'm going to do that because I have this whole long thing and I got to be at the com- I got to be at um I have to be at the um I have to be at All Things Comedy today. To do my new to launch Brody and Jen Sturger's new showtime. I have their new uh, Punch Drunk Sports podcast. So I have this whole thing about rantings that I want to go on, but it's gonna to take too long. Maybe I'll do a double one. I'll do I'll do I'll do another one tomorrow. So I'm gonna end with this. I'm going to end with this. I mean, yeah, okay, I'm going to end with this. Here's some motivational, something, I I like to listen to like, one motivational uh, video a day, kind of gets me going, so I want to uh, put this over here, we'll all listen to it, it's about six minutes long, I hope that you in fact enjoy it, because I really do enjoy it, so it's called, The Best Motivational Speech Ever, Never Give Up, by Eric Thomas, so I hope, that you enjoy and i'll do an i'll maybe I'll, I'll i'll do another rant tomorrow i don't know we'll figure it out i'll save the rants for the, the next week so we'll figure it out all right i love you guys so here i hope you guys enjoy this. this is great so we'll listen to it
0: there will never be a point in your time in your life where it's the right time to do a great thing if you wait for that perfect perfect moment that perfect timing is not going to happen you know what you have to do you have to create the perfect time and the perfect opportunity and the perfect situation so a lot of people become comfortable they stop growing they stop wanting anything they become satisfied
1: I'm not to listen. If you don't want
0: this. People getting ready to go to jobs that they don't like. Jobs that are making them sick. You see, when you're not pursuing your goal, you are literally committing spiritual suicide. When you have some goal out here that you're stretching for and reaching for that takes you out of your comfort zone, you'll find out some talents and abilities you have that you didn't know you had. When the messenger of misery visits you, what are you going to do? What will keep you in the game? You will never, ever be successful until you turn your pain into greatness, until you allow your pain to push you from where you are, to push you to where you need to be. Stop running from your pain and embrace your pain. Your pain is going to be a part of your prize, a part of your product. I, I challenge you to push yourself. So it's easy to be on the bottom. It doesn't take any effort to be a loser. It doesn't take any motivation to drive stay down there on a low level but it calls on everything in you you have to harness your will to say i'm going to challenge myself i mean that what you did last week don't count today today is the only important day there are 86,400 seconds in a day and how you use those are critical you got 86,400 today and what you do today is going to seep in who you are nobody's going to talk about what you did last week that the biggest enemy you have to deal with is yourself. There's an old African proverb that says, if there's no enemy within, the enemy outside can do us no harm. You have this opportunity of a lifetime. It means absolutely nothing if you don't take advantage of it in the lifetime of this opportunity. I got a saying that when life knocks you down, try and land on your back because if you can... If you want a thing bad enough to go out and fight for it, to work day and night for it, to give up your time, your peace, and your sleep for it, if all that your dream and steam is about, it, and life seems useless and worthless without it, See, it's time now, if you want to make this your decade, you've got to start saying yes to your life. You've got to start saying yes to your dreams, yes to your unfolding future, yes to your potential, as opposed to saying no. When you die, die or eat. Leave no dream left behind, guys. Leave no opportunity left behind. When you leave this earth, accomplish every single thing you can accomplish. Listen to me. You're gonna be here one day, but you'll never get here if you give up, if you give in, if you quit. And finally, guys, you gotta wanna succeed as bad as you wanna breathe. That
1: is some real shit. I love you all. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. Take care. Thanks for, if, you, if you're watching this on YouTube. Sorry the last five minutes is just me shadow boxing, but I love you. And uh, we will, uh, I'll tune in next week. Please subscribe to my YouTube page, samtriply, youtube.com/samtriply. I love you all. Have a great weekend. Enjoy football. I love you all. I'm so thankful you guys listen. And uh, if there's anything I can do better, let me know. I just DIY this shit. And I'm just trying to have fun. And if it's shitty, let me know too. So I love you. Give me a positive review. Give me some likes. If you like this, put it all over the place. Tell your friends. And uh, we'll see you next week. God bless you guys. Take care. Bye.